As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Today, I have Danny Birdie with me from Iron Crew Athletics. Um, it's ironcrewathletics.com. He's on Instagram's Iron Crew Athletics. And uh, he, right now he currently works at NC Fit, located in Redwood, California. Uh, he is a CrossFit coach there. Danny fell in love with fitness in 1996 when he needed to gain weight for his high school football team. Danny double majored in psychology and kinesiology with an emphasis on teaching while attending San Jose State University. Danny enlisted in the police academy in 2006 where he was introduced to CrossFit by one of his instructors. He felt the positive effects immediately and has been following CrossFit workouts ever since. Danny still enjoys all styles of fitness and still implements variety in his exercise routines. Danny, thanks so much for hopping on and joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jim. Yeah, man, absolutely. Love what you're doing online. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And I uh, love the podcast, too, because you have a podcast as well, right? I do. It's called the Iron Crew Podcast. It's uh, on all platforms. Awesome. And you can act, and people can find that at ironcrewathletics.com, right? There's a uh, tab for that there? That's right, under podcast. Awesome. All right, well, so today... We are going to be talking about a couple of different things. When I asked you, you know, what are some of the things, what are the topics you want to hit on? Uh, I really actually, I really liked the, the topics. So we're talking about, so even though you're a CrossFit coach, we're actually going to be getting into some parenting stuff, which is really, really cool. So, but we're going to be talking about living a pain-free life for your children, mm -hmm. right? And then raising our children to feel validated and heard. So I really like the, uh, the subcategory that you kind of involved with that, which we'll definitely get into, but I really am looking forward to that part of the conversation. So you just want to dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I think um, just following up on that, it seems for me when you just gave that intro, it, sometimes I forget what my background is. <laughs> and, I, uh, <laughs> and when you said uh, double majored in kinesiology and psychology, uh, they just go hand in hand, that mind-body experience or that mind-body connection. And uh, but when you asked me, what you wanted to talk about, uh, those things just so happen to be part psychology, part kinesiology. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It's funny how it just blends together like right. that. 
So what what did I not touch in that maybe you want people to know about your background? So, I mean, you know, you're a cro- currently a CrossFit coach. I mean, like, maybe let's just talk about that real quick. You're a CrossFit coach right now, but then you enlisted in the police academy in 2006. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big dif- big difference, big jump, right? I mean, both have to be relatively physically fit or at least should be relatively physically fit. So just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I graduated college, it's like kick you out into the real world, right? And you just have to pay the bills and you start a family and you want to do something that entices you and is something that you, uh, you know, want to be doing. And I always wanted to be a cop growing up and my dad was a police officer and I just thought that it would be a good fit. So I enlisted in the police academy and got a job and worked for, over just over 10 years between two different agencies out here in the Bay Area, California. And wow, during that time, well, during the police academy is when I found CrossFit. And I was always athletic growing up. I played football all throughout college and excelled in that up until the point where I got to the D1 level, which is when people are starting to bench press like over 500 pounds and run four 240s and stuff like that. And that's when mm-hmm. that's when that separation happens. But what what I what I found during my football training was and I think this kind of goes hand in hand with my ability on the field and my ability in the weight room and in the gym was I started to realize that I enjoyed training for football more than I actually enjoyed playing football and I started to fall in love with the power cleans and the heavy lifting and the sprints and the tire flips and all that stuff so when I stopped playing football I had that I had that that longing for competition and that longing for um fitness when it comes to uh, like resistance training and sprinting and high intensity and functional style movements. So when I was in the police academy, like you said, I, uh, one of the instructors brought up CrossFit. This was back in 2006 when CrossFit was very, relatively new and he plays this video on, in between one of our classes and I just immediately was just kind of captivated by it. So I looked it up and my partner and I, um, who uh, I went to the police academy with, we, uh, we did a workout called Cindy. It's 20 minutes, as many rounds as you can, of five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats. And it was one of those things where it just hit you, hit you hard. I don't know if you've ever done CrossFit before, if you've ever done that specific workout, but it catches up with you really quickly. And I was sore for days on end, and it just kind of, just kind of seemed to make sense to me. So that's, where, that's where, my, where I fell in love with CrossFit was during the police academy. And I uh, just haven't done anything else really since. Nice. So you still do, how often do you still do the Sydney? Cindy. Oh, Cindy? Oh, Sydney? Yeah, Cindy. Uh, so yeah, Cindy's a, a benchmark workout. It's a workout that you just kind of like a test retest one, a workout where, you know, you should only do it like a couple times a year. And because if you do it more than that, then all you're really doing is getting better at that specific workout. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. opposite of what CrossFit is about. You're supposed to be uh, combining multiple modalities of movement all under one roof. Uh, with the intent that you're going to be above average at everything, but not great at anything. So, uh, so gosh, Cindy, I don't know when the last time I did Cindy, but I think I'm like over 20, 20 rounds, which is one round every minute. Probably wow. a couple of years ago. <laughs> okay. And I'm assuming that's pretty good, right? The 20, I've never done. Yeah. It, it's, so you know. uh, it, it's, 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 I would say it's like above average. It's not ac- excellent, but it's not poor. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So no, go ahead. So you started, so you started CrossFit, Mm -hmm. right? And now you're, you're continuing this and you're working at NC fit, which I guess is 
all mainly CrossFit stuff, right? Yeah, it's it's it is a CrossFit gym. It's a CrossFit affiliate. It's formerly NorCal CrossFit. For anybody listening who's in the CrossFit space or knows CrossFit, most people will recognize the name NorCal CrossFit because the owner is Jason Kalipa. And Jason Kalipa won the CrossFit Games back in 2008. And even after that was a, a high-level competitor. So he's kind of a household name in the CrossFit world. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently, uh, the last couple of years or two years ago, he rebranded it from NorCal CrossFit to NC Fit. Oh, okay. so although it doesn't have the name CrossFit so it's... in it, it's still a CrossFit affiliate. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And from a really well-accredited person in the CrossFit community too. So it's not really like a discredited place. Absolutely. Um, like I said, if anybody's listening who uh, is in the CrossFit space, um, they, they probably will, will know that name. <laughs> awesome. So, and you're also a dad, right? I am. I have two kids, a boy and a girl. And they keep, and how they old keep are they? me busy. Uh, my daughter, Audrey, is 10. My son, Braylon, is... 18 months behind so he's eight and a half yeah nice. fun ages they still they still love you they still aren't embarrassed to have you around uh, but they're also kind of self-sufficient like that you don't need to wipe their butt <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have uh my boy six and uh you know he still loves having us around and I, I, hopefully hopefully that'll never change i can actually remember you know always wanting to you know hang out with my dad or go to the movies with my dad even with some of my friends and he was always kind of able to hang out with us and it was never a problem you know what i mean so i don't know i just kind of always see how i was and hopefully it's somewhat similar you know but yeah absolutely it's kind of uh not a, not putting that expectation because even though he is from me He's still his own person and different, right? So, um, but I think it's, I think it's part of the relationship though, too. You know, I mean, I think all that has to do with, you know, respect and how, how you guys interact together and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And just the fact that you're even aware of something like that as a father means that you're probably doing a pretty good job of being mindful to his needs as his own individual person. Yeah. Because actually that kind of ties in somewhat slightly about, well, yeah, actually kind of ties into the later part of the conversation. So we'll actually get into that. But the segue that I wanted to use for what you were just saying, is like, it's a fun age. They keep you busy and they keep you on your toes. So part of what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. today is living a pain-free life for your children. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest benefits of being pain-free, of course, is being able to keep up with your children, right? I mean, that's just... I mean, and, and the plus of not having to experience pain every single day, because who the hell wants that? Right. But living a pain-free life for your children so you can actually keep up with them and do the things you want to do. So talk to me a little bit about that and what you're seeing, um, you know, on, on the West Coast, you know, because I, you talk about fitness and we talk about different fads or, you know, like, you know, if we get into nutrition, we start talking about organic and people say, well, you know, that hasn't really hit here too well because like, I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West Coast. And, you know, I remember last time I've been in California was quite some time ago, but you know, you go out to the West coast and I feel like when I was in San Diego and it's just so easy to get good food out there, like high quality food. You could just get it at a bar. If you want like an organic chicken sandwich, you could just get it at any random bar up and down the boardwalk. Um, what's it like with the fitness out there? What are you seeing right now as far as 
you know, the people being in pain and, and not living this pain-free life? Gosh, that's a good question. I think that I, I would, I, my, my observation is that it's going away from like really heavy lifting because oftentimes that just goes with achy muscles, achy joints, and it's kind of gravitating more towards orange theory style workouts. I don't, do you have orange theory out there? We do. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of go, going towards that. Um, there's some financial benefits to the company in that regard, right? Cause you've got one instructor for like 50 people or whatever. So that's just an easy numbers game. But also what that does mm-hmm. is it keeps the exercise. It does two things. One, it keeps the exercise relatively high intensity uh, because you're able to move fast and you're able to get a good sweat on for a long period of time. And then what it also does is it kind of dumbs down for lack of a better term. It dumbs down the movements. You're not dealing with snatches or anything overhead heavy. You're not deadlifting heavy weight off of the ground and people are able to, you know, shed weight, get a good workout in and also keep the intensity high. So that, that, so you're saying, so you're saying it's decreasing the complexity of the movements, but when you're saying intensity, at least when I hear the word intensity, I think of tension, right? And that's, you know, kind of like when I have studied any of the, the strength coaches or, you know, like uh, Charles Polican or, um, you know, Paul check and, and they talk about intensity and you look at program design and things like that. I mean, a heavy deadlift or a heavy snatch would be a high intensity exercise. Absolutely. And so, so when we're talking about intensity now or like high intensity interval training, I think it's probably more, I don't know if it's like politically correct to say high density or high volume, basically. Yeah. I guess when I say high intensity is moving, moving fast. If you can do something that moves your body through space or an object through space in a relatively quick amount of time. And you can do that with minimal risk. That's that's those are the movements that are that I'm talking about. And I'm talking about um, like burpees, for example, or just a just a right. basic box air jumps. squat, a box jump, a push up, um, maybe like rowing intervals or ski erg intervals or assault bike or cycling intervals, where the the risk of injury is relatively low, and you can move hard and fast. And keep the heart rate intensity high. So although the gotcha. muscle tension isn't necessarily high, you're you're getting you're amplifying your heart rate, you're getting a good sweat on, and you're minimizing that risk of injury. Gotcha. And I think okay. and, and just to kind of follow up on that, man, I think I think because of that, at least out here, because there's such a negative connotation surrounding heavy lifting, and I don't know if it's because of poor form or lack of mobility, which is what we're probably gonna talk about here in a minute, but it, it, I think a lot of people are, they have a trouble getting into certain positions. So their form breaks down a little bit earlier before the weight even gets heavy. So in order to minimize that risk of injury, just eliminate the weights overall. Right. And I mean, you know, you're talking about it happening early, even with lighter weights, you know, you got to think they're learning the reps the wrong way because of their lack of mobility or instability or whatever the, you know, whatever the reasoning is behind it. So they're doing the reps, but they're doing them incorrectly. So no wonder they're getting hurt when they start increasing the weight because their form isn't good because they just can't even get into that position. What? Right. Something like an overhead squat. If you got like a shoulder or if you got a, a decreased first rib angle or your posture isn't very good. And then they're like, oh, well, my shoulders are hurting because you're trying to do an overhead squat too early without working on mobility or thoracic extension, et cetera. And it's like, well, yeah, no, no shit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. But then, 
but the reps that they were getting in were bad. So perfect practice makes perfect, not just practice, right? Because you could practice the wrong way and get good, really good at something, doing it the wrong way. So how much of that are you, are you seeing, especially being in a CrossFit gym? Tons of it. Tons of modifications need to be done on a daily, daily basis um, at a CrossFit gym. And if they're not being done, then chances are the coach isn't being very observant or uh, being very, uh, very, very strong when it comes to recognizing these movement flaws. So, and that's, and then people get hurt, people get hurt. And that's one of the things, uh, which is what drew me to the mobility side so heavily was not only did I start to get tight and I start to break down my form a little bit because of my own mobility restrictions. I saw it every Mm -hmm. day in, 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 in the CrossFit gym, but I think also just kind of going back to what you were saying about people needing to dial back the weight to focus on form and technique people are just not patient enough when it comes to that, right? Because you're asking them to, let's say their deadlift is 200 pounds and they're accustomed to deadlifting 200 pounds. They're making all of these, they're having such poor movement pattern in order to accommodate that heavy load that eventually their body is going to get injured. And as you, as their coach or their instructor, see that and you say, hey, you should dial it down a little bit, take 100 pounds off and work on technique. Well, now in their mind, they've just gotten less fit. And it's, it's either an ego thing or just a pride thing, but they, a lot of people fail to see that taking one step back is going to help them take two steps forward. And it just boils down to patience. And I think what, I think what, what really people here at least are gravitating towards the lighter loads and the faster movement exercises is that they're, they're feeling immediate quote unquote results, or they're feeling the immediate impact of what they just did. So if I ask you to do you know, a ton of burpees and a ton of running and a ton of box jumps, you're going to leave that day, you know, in a pool of sweat. And you're going to think, man, I got a kick-ass workout where you can also get a kick-ass workout and not really break much of a sweat when it, when it comes to like heavy, heavy lifting. Right. You know, and I think as a coach too, you know, being the coach for that person, you know, we got to give, you know, I found this in myself before more in my earlier years. Now it's just kind of like, dude, this is what you need, you know, take it or leave it. (laughs) Um, But you know, and not to be a dick, but it's just kind of like at at the same time, it's like, you gotta, you gotta do what feels right because at the end of the day, I gotta be able to sleep. Right. And know that I'm actually doing something right for the client, whether they see it or not. But if they're not seeing it, then I'm probably not explaining it the right way. So I have to take ownership of that part, but it's also, it's giving them what they need and explaining it in a way that they understand that, okay, this is what I need to focus on. And, and maybe it's even a, a, a case of humbling them, you know, okay, try the deadlift my way and see if you can still lift the same amount of weight without jerking it up there or without lifting your butt up first and then just pulling with your low back. And if they see that they can't do it, then they have to be open to the fact that what they're doing isn't working. Right. Right. So it's like, we have to give, give people, really what they need to hear and what they need to focus on and just let them know. It's like, look, I don't, I just don't want you to get hurt. You know, this is in my, this is in your best interest. Like I don't, doesn't affect me at all. You know, I'm just trying to help you. I'm here in service to you. So I think that's, that's really important. But if it's, if it's sweat that the person's after, I think you can have the best of both worlds, you know, focus on the technique and then just have them do burpees for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, now we're going to set the timer and you're just going to do burpees for five minutes and you want to sweat. All right, there you go. You're happy. And, you know, and then they'll feel like they got a really good workout in. But I think, I think there's a time and a place for heavy lifting too. 
you know, as long as it's being done the right way, because especially as we start to get older, you know, 45, 50 years old, things like that, we need that tension and that intensity through the body um, of, of, you know, being put on the muscles, the tissues, the ligaments and all that kind of stuff to maintain muscle mass and increase, you know, our anabolic hormones and things like that. So, um, but if people get out of that too early, then they're never going to get back into it. And there's, I think there's only so much you can do as far as, you know, muscle growth when, you have like really, really low tension, you know, depending on what the goals are, of course. Oh man, you made so many great points there. Like the first one that I heard was that, uh, you know, that the, 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 the strength that, that we're going away from the heavy lifting and that, that is as we age, that's like the most important thing that we need. And the way that I like to think of it and the way that I explain this to clients. I, so I just got my CrossFit level two certification a few weeks back. And one of the things that they really, really hammered home, home hammered home in this certification was the lack of heavy lifting in today's CrossFit world because we've gotten away uh-huh. from that. People just want to break a sweat. And so the way that I look at it is, you know, as you age, let's just, you know, just picture your 85-year-old grandpa or grandma, right? And they're hunched over and they're walking and they trip on a curb. And what happens? It's like it almost happens in slow freaking motion. They, they trip and they slowly fall. They just roll onto their side. And they break something, right? They break a hip, they break a wrist, they break a forearm muscle or forearm bone. And what it, what it, what it boils down to is they, they've lost that fast twitch muscle fiber. And so in, instead of as they trip over the, 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 the step, they catch themselves on their feet or worst case scenario, they catch themselves on their hands using those fast twitch muscle fibers. They don't have that ability to go into that mode because they haven't been using those fast twitch muscle fibers in the gym or anywhere. And so it all just happens in slow motion. They don't even have time to react. So as we age, Mm -hmm. man, I'm telling you, that's like the number one thing that older people need is strength work. Yeah, because it's it's strengthening the bones. You know, I mean, when you're stretch, when you're putting muscle uh, tension on the muscles, the ligaments and the tendons, all that connects to the bone. And when you're putting the stress on the muscles, it's putting the stress on the bone. So it's getting the bone stronger. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, just as, you know, just keeping it really, really simple like that, you know, I mean, just you want to get your bone stronger. It's not about drinking milk, <laughs> like lift some heavy <laughs> stuff, you know, but with good form, right? I mean, you can't just jump right into a five RM deadlift. Um, but, you know, you start off with, you know, 10 reps and work on your form and then build up to 12 reps. And then, you know, I actually like to start in that eight to 12 repetition range. And I, I, I hate to say 10 reps because I, I, I think I'm going to do a, a podcast on this called the 10 rep rut, <laughs> because I feel like so many people get into that 10 rep rut. Like, okay, I'm just going to stop at 10 reps. And I've actually done this with my clients before. We're like, no, you're going to, you're going to keep going. Like you said, 10 reps. Like I know. Yeah, do two more. <laughs> yeah. Because I want them to mentally break themselves out of that 10 rep right. rut. Right. Because I feel like people I've seen my clients, I've seen other people check out once they hit the 10 reps. I'm like, I know you can do more. Like, no, it was pretty tough. Okay. So I put like five more pounds on each side mm-hmm. of the bar and then I have them do it again. Like do as many reps as you can. Cause some of them will say like, well, how many reps are we going to do? I, like, I just want, I want to see how it feels. Just let's push yourself. Let's challenge yourself because I really push the mental aspect when we're working out. I say like, all right, first, first three quarters of the workout, it's all physical last quarter is mental. Mm-hmm. Right. And let, let, let's see what you got. And nobody likes to be, you know, called, you know, what, not that I call my clients, wuss, <laughs> but like nobody wants to be called a wuss. Nobody wants to say like, Oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. Right. 
uh, or at least be told that they can't do it. Yeah. So don't. I have them mentally push themselves and I see what they're able to do and they'll get like 15 right. and I just added 10 more pounds of the mm-hmm. bar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're telling me you can only do 10 reps of the last time. And then, I, and then they see it. And I'm just like, you just proved to me and yourself that you were able to do more than 10 reps last time. Right. Well, you probably could have gotten to 17. I said, and also the argument could be made that you're actually more tired than you are now because this is your fifth set and you just banged out 15 reps when last time you told me 10. So it's like, I'm just like sick of hearing the bullshit. Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't piss down my back. Tell me it's raining. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. That perceived effort thing is, is definitely real. And I think that, you know, it also goes down to if you're doing like a one-on-one or even if you're building relationships with your clients, it built, it boils down to building that that trusting relationship with somebody this happens all the time where somebody will pull me aside and say hey what 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 do you think i should do here what weight do you think i should do it's because we've built that trust over time that they know that Mm -hmm. if i'm asking them this just happened today actually we were doing thrusters and the guy was breaking it up into two sets he was supposed to do 10 in a row without stopping but he was breaking it up into two sets and i noticed it and i walked over and i was like go for go for 10 and now he knows that I know him and I know his body and know what he was capable of. So because he trusted me, he knew that I was, I was seeing something that maybe he wasn't feeling or seeing himself. So it kind of goes back to building that trusting relationship as well. But yeah, man, a lot of people struggle with that. They, they just don't believe in themselves and they don't believe what they're capable of or they just don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and showing them is, is such a good thing to do. I mean, it's such a gift to give somebody, you know, that you can show them what they're actually capable of and help them, you know, break out of that shell or overcome, you know, that obstacle or, you know, bust through that wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome that you have that, that you build that trust. So, I mean, all of these concepts, actually, we can relate to living that pain-free life, right? Because we're talking about mobility and we're talking about strength training. And if we're keeping our, our bones strong and our muscles strong and our body healthy, then all of this is, is, you know, tying into living that pain-free life, but really, you know, why though? Because I'm, I'm always constantly bringing my clients back to the why, you know, like, why are you here? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why are you choosing to take time out of your day to be here? What are you ultimately trying to accomplish? So, you know, in your opinion and what you've seen, why do you think it's important to live a pain-free life for your children. Gosh, I think because now, because not, we're not even just talking about just living a pain-free life. Now we're talking about it for your children, right? So there's a whole other part. To that. Yeah, I think 100% in general, living a pain. We are all walking around in so much pain. If you reach a certain age, you start to realize that like everything, get, like everything gets tight. You may have a, a previous injury that's affecting you in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a shoulder or a foot or whatever. We're constantly in some sort of inflamed state whether we realize it or not and the more closely we pay attention to our body the more we'll realize that 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 that, that's true and and so much of just being kind of grumpy or walking around with i don't want to say a chip on your shoulder but just kind of like walking around feeling stressed and tensed is is stemming from tight muscles and poor poor mobility and range of motion and the way that it i the way that it translates into being a good a good father is parlayed into that. So if you're walking around because you're sitting at a desk all day or your hips are tight or your low back is killing you, you're not going to be as happy. You're not going to project a pot as pot of positive of an image for your kids. If you're 
if you're constantly in this chronic state of pain. And so for me, the quickest way to rid somebody of that chronic pain is to loosen up their muscles, loosen up their joints, loosen up their ligaments. And there's an immediate effect. There's an immediate positive effect on deep tissue stretching, foam rolling, using other pieces of devices and equipment to help loosen up your joints. So I can't stress that enough when it comes to being a father is being pain free, using mobility to help you out with that has has done wonders for my parenting skills. I didn't realize how bad my back was until I started to loosen up my hips and my glutes. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not in pain anymore. And now I'm able to listen to what my kid has to say. You know what I mean? So it's like, because I'm not constantly dealing with my own chronic pain. Right. Because it's draining. It's stressful. If you ever have it's to... very stressful. It's yeah. stressful. Yeah. But it's also draining, like energy wise too. Like you have, if you just experience pain all day long, that's a lot on the body. I mean, like you're saying, it's stressful. It's stressful on the body. I mean, it could be stressful mentally, emotionally too, but that's draining a lot of energy out of you for your body to have to deal with that chronic pain day in and day mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, and how many people are you seeing that are living with pain, like that are coming into your CrossFit place or that you're just meeting on a daily basis? Like how many people would you say are in pain, like percentage? Well, gosh, I think that it's definitely an age related <laughs> age is a huge factor in that one. Right. Cause I have like 20 year olds, um, you know, who come in and I'm, I'm like telling them about my, all my, I'm only 36, but like, you know, I refer to myself as an old man often in kind of a joking way, but yeah, you know, I do, sometimes I do feel old. Like if I go for a run, I like my plantar fasciitis acts up, man. It didn't used to do that 10 years ago, you know? So, mm -hmm. so when I, so the young people, when I say young, like usually it's 28 to 30 and under, they tend to mm -hmm. not have the same inflammation and same tight joints that causes that chronic pain. But almost, almost always somebody who's in their 30s or more is dealing with some sort of chronic pain. And the ones who are not either come from a yoga background or a Pilates background or some sort of maybe even a gymnastics background when it comes to being stre like stretching a lot or hypermobile. Um, but other than that, I'd say, I'd say most people, like 80% or more, come into the gym with some sort of chronic pain. Wow. And, and I would say that, and that and that's young. 30s is so young, man. I'm only I'm only one year behind you. And that is just too young, in my opinion, to start experiencing pain, especially when you can do things like you're saying with stretching and mobility. Like I love stretching. Like some people are like, oh, I hate stretching. It takes forever. Well, one of the reasons that it's kind of like a double edged sword at that point, because I'll, I'll dig a little bit deeper. I'll say, well, what were you doing? How long, you know, what, what stretches were you doing? Well, I only wound up doing like four stretches or six stretches. I'm like, and it took you 45 minutes to do that. I'm like, well, yeah, because it felt so good. I'm like, wait, <laughs> you just said you hate it, <laughs> but it felt so right. good. I'm like, yeah. yeah, well, like I started holding it for like a minute on each side. I'm like, well, why do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that means you need to do it, man. Yeah. You know, it's, so I think, it, I think it's too, I think it's twofold. It, it, although it does feel good, especially after, right? Like a nice stretching session. Uh, it's painfully boring, you know, to hold a stretch for a prolonged period of time to get any deep tissue um, alter, altercation or yeah, alteration when it comes to like muscle change in the, uh, in the mm -hmm. tissue. So in order to do that, you gotta, you know, you gotta be stretching in the same pose for two or more minutes. 
for it to, for it to have some sort of a, a long lasting effect. And people just don't have the patience these days. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, although it does feel better after, oftentimes it, it's kind of painful in the moment, right? Like if you're stretching out your hamstrings, for example, like, man, I, I can't tell you how many people just reach down to try to touch their toes and they give me this grimace, you know, like, oh my God, my low back or my hamstrings are tight. So it mm-hmm. does require patience and a little bit of mental fortitude in order to hold a stretch for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I always tell people stretching should be uncomfortable, but not necessarily painful. Right. You know, it should definitely be uncomfortable. But I even tell people, you know, like, why don't you just, I mean, I even do it myself. I'll use the foam roller. I'll just lay down on the floor right in front of the TV. If my wife and I are watching something, I'll just stretch and foam roll while I'm watching TV. So this way I'm actually doing something mindless and then doing something for my body all at the same time. Oh, that's great. Dude, that's music to my ears when you said that. Like, I, I we have a couch, but I don't think I've sat on the couch for five years probably now <laughs> since I turned 30 has <laughs> been the last time I, I sat on my couch because I'm the same boat. Like I might as well be productive. And I can't tell you how many times I'm standing in line at like a grocery store or Starbucks or something. And I just, you know, boom. getting in a tree. Yeah, pose. yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I try not to make it awkward for other people, but I'm like constantly stretching like my shoulders or my low back or <laughs> reaching down and touching my toes. Like I'm just constantly in self-assessment mode and people look at me like I'm crazy but it actually it's now are people standing behind you when you're pushing your butt back to go down and touch your <laughs> yeah, toes? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, I do sometimes I do get some awkward stares. People like think I'm like like I got ADD or something or they think that like something's like I got twitches or like uh, what's that Tourette syndrome where you can't really yeah. Tourette's, yeah. So so but it's also contagious. I'll tell you it's, it it is contagious because the more people that I'm around and they ask me like, "Hey, are you okay?" you know, or and I tell them what I'm doing. I'm just like, I'm just standing here having a conversation. I might as well be like doing something to help loosen up my shoulder. So it, it's contagious, like a sneeze. Like you, one person starts to stretch and then next thing you know, the other person starts to stretch. And in, in our CrossFit setting, community is a huge part of it. And one thing that I love to hammer home is after the workout, when you're nice and loose, do some deep tissue stretching, do some foam rolling, do some, do some mashing out with a kettlebell or a barbell or something like that. And use that time to connect with another person. So uh, it's one thing that I encourage a lot. And it, honestly, it's like it brings a te- it brings tears to my eyes after a class, and I look around the room, and there's like ten people hanging out stretching. I'm just like, yes, this is awesome. That is awesome. And you're right; it is contagious because you know you're kind of leading by example. And you know, I tell this to my clients a lot: is that you know you you don't know the impact of of something that either you do or you say or that they observe you know, you don't know that impact that it'll have on another person. Mm-hmm. Right. And you may never know that impact. Um, you know, you can give someone a, even something as simple as a compliment, you know, it's like, Hey, I like your shoes today. Or, you know, Hey, I, I like that, uh, that, that scarf you're wearing. Well, you know, what if that scarf was given to the person by, you know, their, their grandmother. And it was like the only thing left that they have them. They just lost their grandmother like a year ago. And, they, you know, have, you know, had a really, really hard time with her, you know, whatever the situation is. And you're like, wow, I really like that scarf. And it just makes them feel so good. You know what I mean? And there's a story behind it. And you might never know that, right? Because you don't have time to talk to the person about it, or they just don't open up about it. But maybe it felt good. Or, you know, you just have no idea. So that's so awesome that there's that type of connection within the community. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. So, so I want to move on to this next point that we're that we're talking about here 
and it's raising our children to feel validated and heard. And I'm going to say the subcategory that I left out in the beginning, not shutting our kids out if they have a thought or opinion that's different than our own. And you briefly told me that this is something that you didn't have to deal with as a child, luckily, but you've observed it uh, quite a bit. So I just wanted to see if maybe you can give an example to that and just talk a little bit more into that. And why is that something that's, you know, why is it something you're, you're passionate about? So, you know, I think that it, 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 a couple of things come to mind. You know, um, we didn't talk about this off air, but I am divorced. And so there was a transition period after the divorce where I, I dated, you know, and I kind of w- was, you know, dating off and on and, and, you know, whatever, for lack of a better term, exploring my options. Right. So I, uh, sure. And so what I, when I started to notice, I didn't date a lot as a kid or in high school or even in college. I met my ex-wife when we were in college, so I didn't have as much dating experience back then. But what I started to realize... And how long were you married for? How long were you married for? Seven years. Seven years. To to the ex-wife. To the the ex-wife. Correct. And um, so getting back into the dating world was just an interesting thing for me because I, I hadn't really explored it in great length prior to settling down. And... Mm -hmm. What I started to notice in um, in in dating women was, you know, you ask them like, "Hey, how's like, how is your relationship with your family?" Right, and you know, not not on every not in everybody that I did I every woman that I dated, but in in, in many of them it was, uh, you know, my my dad and I butt heads, or my mom and I butt heads, or you know, uh, there's always some sort of like conflict between the 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 the, the, the daughter and the parent. And what I started to realize was it wasn't necessarily that they they butted heads. It was that they just their their opinions differed so drastically, and the parent would never allow the person to speak their mind in a non-judgmental, open, freeing type of way. That it's not that they butted heads. It's just that they never felt like they had a voice. And if their voice didn't meet or match what their parent wanted to hear. Then it, then it didn't seem to matter to them. And, and so, and I started to realize this in parenting too, like picking up my kids from school and uh, watching how like uh, their friends, parents, parent their other friends on like play dates and whatnot. And it just seemed to me that, and not all the time, but there's a common theme when it came to the kids wanting to express opinion and the parent kind of shutting that opinion down before it even got to an actual opinion. And now we're talking about like seven and eight year olds here. Right. Um, but there's mm-hmm. a, there's a long lasting effect in that. And, and I think that it starts, it starts when they, when they are first talking and they, when they first have voices. So that is where that, that observation came from. And just with my psychology background, I was just able to like, kind of like process it and pinpoint it a little bit better than maybe some other people would or wouldn't. And it just came to come to my realization that, man, my daughter has a lot to say and I want her when she's older, I want her to be able to come to me if she has a problem or if she's at a crossroads in life or if there's something that is uncomfortable for her to tell me. I want her to feel as if she can come to me in a non and me be nonjudgmental and open about what she has to say. And so, yeah, 
And so as much as, as much as sometimes I disagree with where she's going with her opinion and she's 10, man, but I'm telling you, she's like a 17 year old. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and so, uh, you know, I, my partner, my partner, Shannon and I talk about this often. She goes, she goes, um, gosh, what did she say the other day? She goes, I'll be rooting for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, uh, good luck with all that. And I go, and I, and I just think (laughs) to myself, like she, she's going, she, she needs to, be guided in the right direction and she needs to feel like she can come to me with her problems. So instead of telling her stop right there, this is the way you should look at something. I just kind of challenge those things and make her think about it. So we were talking about something the other day and it was definitely something that, you know, like she, she was going down a road that just didn't seem to make sense to me. And I just was saying, okay, yeah, I understand that, but have you ever thought of it this way? And, you know, she was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And, you know, her and I go back and forth. And again, she's only a 10 man, but she, I'm telling you, she could beat me in, a, in an argument any day of the week. <laughs> um, but plus she's, plus she's, she's a, woman, a woman. Yeah. So. So, so, I, so, so where I'm really going with this is instead of shutting your kids down, whether it's, whether they're a boy or girl, you know, whether, instead of shutting them down, if your, their opinion doesn't match yours, just challenge them with something different and have an open dialogue and have an open discussion with them that not only gets them thinking that, Hey, maybe there's a different way to look at this, but it also allows them to, to talk freely and speak freely in front of you so that when they are 16 and 17 and they have boy problems or they are getting picked on at school or they don't think that their boobs are big enough, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable with you because you know that you're not going to just immediately shut them down. Yeah. That's such a great point. And, you know, I think, I think that's actually, you're talking about this now. And I'm like, I even see it with my sons. Like, you know, sometimes I have to encourage him to let me know what he's thinking. You know, I'm just, you know, people are going to be more vocal than others, but I encourage that of my son. It's like, Hey, what do you think about this? Cause sometimes I'll just see him like go along with it and he'll think it's just because I want it. He's got to do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, what do you want? He's like, Oh, well, I want to do this. I was like, all right, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. But, I wonder if it's this thing that people get caught up with, you know, and I guess maybe even adults get into this too, because, you know, you see people that don't want to speak up when they're at the work with the workplace because of their Mm. boss. Right. So it's just like this hierarchy thing. So the, you know, the kids know that we're the adults and we're the parents and, you know, they look up to us and maybe even think, well, I can't wait till I'm a, I'm an adult and I could do whatever the hell I want or say whatever I want or something like that. Right. And so like, there's this hierarchy that they're looking at and they think that they just kind of have to, follow suit and and go along with it you know but i think it's definitely of of how we approach parenting you know i I definitely don't agree with the with the side that says like you know you got to be your a friend to your kid right because i don't think that works you know trying to be your your kid's friend definitely doesn't work and i've seen people get just trampled on and taken advantage of that way and and you know you actually talk to the kid um or the young adult at that point, they're just like, yeah, I just really want a dad. I just really want a mom. Like, I don't want a friend. Like, I don't want them to be my friend. You know what I mean? They actually almost want that structure and that discipline and, and stuff like that. They don't want to just have that, you know, just chaos, basically. Because if there's no borders, you know, that's just complete chaos. But, yeah, I just, that, I think that really has to be thought about and really considered by parents. But, you know, I think that comes with self-awareness. You know, you kind of mentioned it when I was saying it earlier, it's just that 
actually, I completely forget what I was saying. I'll be you're like, yeah, but if you have that awareness, then you're probably already doing a good job. Right, right. You had mentioned um, something about like your son. Um, yeah, I forget exactly what you were saying, but you're you're you were talking about your son in a way that just just the simple fact that we were having that conversation about your son just just is you're very you're obviously very in tune with your son i mean you even just mentioned it right now that like you guys were doing something the other day or maybe some time ago and and he was just kind of like going along with the program because he sounds like he thought that that's what you wanted and you're just like wait do you want to do this because i i'm want to do what you want to do right like and he was just kind of going along with it because dad wanted to do it right yeah, I mean, like, I want them to have that confidence to speak up. You know, it's like, yo, dude, come on. Like, if you don't like that, tell me. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's figure out a different alternative. Like, this isn't just about me. This is about what you want, yes. too. Um, you know, and that's just part of a health, any really, any healthy relationship. You know, it's not just like, oh, it's just what I want to do. And then when I don't get my way, I just pout and mope and stomp my feet and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, because that doesn't, and that's going to teach them how to interact with other people, too, and conflict resolution and, so I think that's a great point. Yeah. And do you have, do you have just the one son? I do. Yeah, yeah. So, and I have a son too. And I will tell you that my strategy is drastically different with my son than it is my daughter. Right. Because the way that you're describing my son is, is almost exactly the way that my son is. He's a little bit more quiet. He's a little bit more, Hey, I'll just go with the flow where my daughter is just extremely verbal. She likes to process the world by verbalizing everything before, she forms an opinion. Uh, my son is very introverted and he, before he speaks, he tends to think about things a lot more deeper, a lot, a lot more deeply before he says anything where my daughter's the exact opposite. So yeah, man, they're both fruits, just apples and oranges, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just kind of have to be, you know, as parents, we just kind of have to be like, you know, go with the flow. I mean, I only have the one to compare to, but you know, like what you're saying, your parenting style has to shift and change a little bit, you know, in that sense, you're kind of almost like, you know, water, you know, where you're taking different shapes and doing different things to kind of, uh, meet, meet the needs and, uh, match the personalities of, of the kids. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And, and I, I hope, uh, anybody listening takes, takes that and just at least self-reflects, right. If it doesn't resonate with you cause you're not doing it or you're doing, you know, you're, you're already pretty mindful and that's, then that's great, you know, but just doing that and, uh, and leading by example is, is huge. Totally. Danny, I love this. Um, all right. So as with every episode, we end with 10 questions inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pivot. So I had already kind of went over the questions with you briefly. Uh-huh. So let's just hop right let's in. Do it. So number one, who is your hero? My older brother, Rich. And I guess I'll just follow that up with, um, you know, he, he was kind of more of a role model and father figure in my life than my, than my dad was. Uh, and that's just a whole nother topic, but, um, essentially, you know, he was the one that just taught me the ins and outs of life and all this self-awareness stuff that we just talked about on the podcast is all stuff that I learned from my older brother. And I owe a great ton of, of uh, any and all success of my life to my older brother, Rich. Wow. That's awesome. That's beautiful, man. Number two, what excites you? Fitness. What turns you off? Uh, Negativity. What's your favorite sound? Ooh. um, 
barbells hitting the ground. <laughs> I, okay, check that. Bumper plates hitting the ground. A bar, an empty barbell should never hit a ground. A ground. <laughs> Noted. What is your least favorite sound? Ooh, um, this might sound odd because I used to be a cop, but sirens, sirens, uh, emergency sirens blaring. Okay. What is your favorite quote or saying? Oh, uh, Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> in a couple words, what should a dad be? Uh, Patient, empathetic, and a role model. Nice. And in a couple words, what should a dad not be? Hmm. Close-minded and unfit. I like that one. If you could try any other profession, what would it be? Hmm. Gosh, uh, I'd love to be an astronaut. That would be amazing. Nice. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? Inspiring and helping others. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Danny, once again, let's talk. Let's tell everybody where they can find you. It's ironcrew.com, right? Iron and then crew, C-R-E-W, athletics.com. That's correct. And then if they want to find you on social media, it's just at Iron Crew Athletics on Instagram, Facebook too. That's it. Yeah. Iron Crew at Iron Crew Athletics on Instagram, Iron Crew Athletics on Facebook. And you can um I've actually been really active on LinkedIn and okay. have gotten a lot of positive feedback and stuff on that channel. And that's just my that's just my name, Danny Birdie, D A N N Y and last name is B U R D E. B U R D E Birdie. Okay. Awesome. And if anybody's in the Redwood City, California, they can come over and check you out at NC Fit. Yes, sir. I will be there 5 a.m. That's actually, if anybody, you know, for listeners, if you want to hear a good story about how Iron Crew Athletics got started, it stems from my 5 a.m. Iron Crew. 5 a.m. these people work out at. Nice. Getting after it at 5 a.m. It, yeah, exactly. It takes a dedicated person to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. My wife actually wakes up at 5 a.m. to go to a class at 5:45, and she's been doing really good with it. But nice. Yeah, yeah, she's been doing really good with it. So, yeah, man, this is awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on. I, I really enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks, thanks again, and have a good one. All right, thanks, Jim. All right, bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a Warrior Dad.